Welcome to today's show, Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess, passionate, inspirational speaker, author, poet, and entrepreneur. Welcome to Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. I'm delighted that you joined me today. I want to give a big thank you to those of you who are listening And here's a great big shout-out to all of you listening around the world. I'm delighted and so grateful that you tuned in. I sure hope you're enjoying a fabulous day today and that you're having a fantastic week. Because you know what? In the grand song of the universe, life is very, very short. It's short and oh, so sweet and precious. So... I hope you're making a difference in your own life, because when you do, you also make a difference in someone else's life. A lot of folks want to make their life count for something, and they ask me, Dr. Gloria, how do you do that? Well, it's simple. It's very simple. You make your life count day by day, step by step moment by moment, every single day, 365, 24-7. That's what legacy living, Make Your Life Count, is all about. You can learn more about legacy living, Make Your Life Count, by visiting the Gloria Burgess website. That's G-L-O-R-I-A, B as in boy, U-R-G-E-S-S dot com. The Gloria Burgess website. Again, that's G-L-O-R-I-A, B as in boy, U-R-G-E-S-S dot com, or by visiting Facebook. And you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash D-R-G-L-O-R-I-A-B-U-R-G-E-S-S-P-H-D forward slash. Okay? All right. Today, I want to talk with you about the power of a poem. That's right. The power of a poem. Can I just tell you something? This is going to be a great show today. You don't want to miss a single word. So grab your earbuds, put on your walking shoes, or find yourself a comfortable chair Make yourself a nice cup of tea or coffee or pour yourself a a nice cool glass of water. We're going to have a great time. Now, before I jump into today's topic, I want to take a moment to welcome you. If you're just joining us, I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, and this is Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. I'd like to extend a special welcome to those of you who are joining my podcast or if you're joining Talk Network Radio for the very first time. You're in for a real treat. I'm excited to have you listening in today, and I'm deeply honored that you've allowed me to be part of your day so you can be inspired by the ideas and resources to make your life count. Today's podcast is all about the power of a poem. Now, what do I mean by that? Does a poem really have power? (laughs) Well, of course it does. 
inside the words, inside the rhythms, inside the music of poems, inside, that's where the power resides. Poems offer us so much. They can be a bridge, the kind of bridge that transports you from wherever you are into a, another place altogether. A bridge that opens you to a new understanding of, of who you are and your calling in the world. A poem can be a bridge that connects us one heart to another, that connects us across countries and across cultures and our own self-imposed constraints. Poems also have the power to help us bridge our internal world with the external world. David White, one of my favorite poets, talks about this power in this way. He says, the poet lives and writes at the frontier, the frontier between deep internal experience and the revelations of the outer world. There is no going back once this frontier has been reached. A new territory is visible, and what is said cannot be unsaid. Poetry, he says, is a break for freedom. I just love that. Now, when you think about it, poems are also said to be dangerous. Now, why is that? Because a good poem is like a dare. A good poem dares us to hit the pause button. That's right. Now, in today's fast-paced world, where speed is valued and time is money, <laughs> poetry invites us to slow down, to pause, to walk, not run, to pay attention, to not give in to the inauthentic and the superficial. A good poem dares us to see through the eyes of another, to walk a few steps or maybe even a few miles in someone else's shoes, in someone else's experience. A good poem dares us to love what is unlovely. Love what is forsaken or forgotten, or maybe even turning the mirror towards ourselves. You know, sometimes we feel a little unlovely, forsaken, and forgotten too. A good poem dares us to not only love, but also to feel pain and loss and grief and loneliness. It dares us to let go of our strategic mind and to embrace the personal the intimate, the necessary darkness and bleakness in our own and others' lives. You know what? A good poem dares us to be transformed. Now, if you're like me, you really enjoy poetry, even if you don't really know why. And sometimes it's not important to know why. It's just important to enjoy the words, the rhythms, the music. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the purpose of poetry. Or more accurately, let's talk about the purposes 
because poetry has many, many purposes, many, many uses. So I want to begin by asking, what difference, what difference can a poem make? Now that's a great question, isn't it? What difference can a poem make? For me, I can tell you that without a shadow of a doubt, poetry has made a difference in my life. I know. I know a lot of folks say that, don't they? Why do I say it? Well, poetry made a difference in my life, but not just any kind of difference. It made a significant difference in my life. In fact, it would be accurate to say that poetry actually saved my life. That's right. Now, how did that happen? Well, poetry helped me connect the dots between my lived experience as a little black girl who was born in the rural south of the United States. Someone who grew up surrounded by many, many people in what I call my personal village. Now, when I was a little girl, I looked daily into the face of my elders, all the elders in my personal village who looked just like me, only older, right? They had eyes like mine and lips like mine and cheeks and hair like mine. Poetry was there for me when my family moved from my personal village, from the deep south to the urban north. When I left that world of familiar faces and my personal village, when I left behind all the people who loved me, who cared for me, who wanted me, when I moved from that world of belonging into this new and unfamiliar world, poetry was that bridge for me. It actually helped me connect the dots between what I had known and what was so new, so new and unfamiliar to me. You see, in this new world, I suddenly found myself surrounded by a sea of, of white faces in my neighborhood, at the grocery store, at school. I mean, this was a totally new experience for me. It was what we call a culture shock. Only I didn't really even know what that meant back then. I mean, I had no language for what I was going through, no language for this new, very uncomfortable, unfamiliar world. But even though I didn't have language for it, I knew inside how I felt. And my feelings ranged from feeling scared and alone and out of place. They ranged from fear to, to sadness, sometimes from feeling afraid and, and lost to feelings of confusion and, and even anger. I didn't even know what I was angry about or who I was angry at. I just knew that I felt so alone. I felt like I didn't fit in. I felt like I, I didn't belong. I felt like no one outside of my family really cared for me. Now, as a 10-year-old, I didn't have the words that I now have as an adult. But what I did have was this sense of dread, this sense of lingering doubt, of fear, of sadness, of insecurity, and feeling so, so, so 
alone. I knew that I was unanchored, adrift, and I felt as though I was sinking in this huge ocean that was way, way, way bigger than me. Again, without having all of those words for what I was going through at that time in my life, I felt that whatever was going on was way bigger than little old me. But I was powerless to do anything about it. I also knew that poems provided me with with something to hold on to and a way to hold on. I also had an incredible experience that changed everything. That's the experience that saved my life. I remember that moment in my life as if it happened just yesterday. I remember being in the sixth grade, and my teacher, her name was Mary Jane Gillespie. My classmates and I called her Miss G. I remember one day, a day that started out like so many other days, during recess, I was sitting inside while all the other kids were outside playing and enjoying themselves, playing tetherball or foursquare or tag or soccer or just hanging out together and laughing and talking. And I was sitting inside the room with my head down on my desk, having my own private little pity party, right? Now, what was I doing? I was feeling alone, and I was feeling sorry for myself. Now, when I was in grade school, the teachers still wore dresses or skirts, and they also wore high heels. They wore pumps, okay? That was back in the day, right? So this particular day, I was sitting in my classroom during recess. I had my head down on my desk. And then I remember hearing that click, 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 click of high heels. And I knew right away it was Miss G by the sound of the clicks. Her footsteps got closer and closer to my desk. And then they just stopped. I remember hearing this little plunk of a sound and feeling a little gust of cool air as she put something on my desk beside my head. Then I heard the click, click, click of her heels as she walked away and out of the classroom. As soon as I knew it was all clear, I popped my head up to see what Miss G had put on my desk. I was surprised to find that she had put a little book on my desk. Now, Miss G knew how much I loved to read, and she knew how much I loved poetry. And guess what? She had put a little book of poems on my desk. As I, as I looked through it, I realized this was no ordinary book of poems. This was a book of poems by my favorite poet, Langston Hughes. The book was called The Dream Keeper. I opened that little blue book, and I just fell in love. <laughs> now, why? Because this was the first time inside of a classroom that I had held a book of poems or any other book that had pictures in it, pictures of people who looked like me, people who had eyes like mine and lips like mine, people who looked out at me with love in their eyes, just like my mama and my daddy. 
just like the elders in my personal village. When I read the words, they had that swing and sway. They had the music and the rhythm. They had a dance-like feeling that spoke to my heart and my soul. The words actually had the same kind of cadence of the words I heard at home and in my neighborhood and at church. Mercy. (laughs) Now, David White, the poet that I mentioned earlier, says, there's no place like the house of belonging. I'm going to say that again. There is no place like the house of belonging. Can I just tell you something? He is absolutely right. This little blue book of poems called The Dream Keeper was my house. It was filled with peeps from my family, peeps from my personal village, my village of belonging. What difference can a poem make? Here's the difference. Miss G thought she had given me a book of poems, but what she really gave me was a long drink of water for my my withered little soul. What she really gave me was a lifeline, a lifeline to hold on to as I was swirling around and around in that big old sea of self-doubt, as I was sinking in the sea of loneliness. She gave me a healthy dose of, of oxygen, a special kind of CPR that saved my life. What difference can a poem make? For some poets, for some readers, for some listeners, poems are instruments for healing. When I work with students in the schools, I often use poetry as a way to help them find their own true voice and then to explore the layers of their voice. As a teenager, your job Your primary preoccupation and official occupation is to discover who you really are, to find out for yourself what you believe, to find out for yourself what you stand for, what you value. Now, sometimes I use poetry to help students discover more about themselves as a pathway, as a bridge (laughs) to explore their various identities and ways of making sense in a very complex world. I also use poems to help them slow down so they can pay attention to the world around them, not the virtual world of social media. I'm talking about the real world, the real world that is all around them, the real world that has real people with real problems just like they do, right? And also the world that has real people who are filled with love in their hearts. What difference can a poem make? For young people, poetry is the fastest way to move from not knowing who you are to knowing who you are. Poetry is a way to really pay attention to the world inside of you 
And it's the same way for adults. A few months ago, I was talking to a a cohort of executives, talking with them about one of my favorite topics, leadership, looking through the lens of legacy. Now, during my time with that cohort of execs, I led them in a session where they could explore their values, explore their deeply held beliefs about leadership and the significance of their work. After the session, a gentleman came up and introduced himself. He said he was the founder and executive director of a nonprofit that provided programs and services for at-risk youth. He then asked if I recognized him. I said, no, should I? He said, well, when we met the first time you were in my classroom, hmm, you were there as part of a big poetry project. Hmm. He then went on to remind me that I had spent a week with his class as an artist in residence. He shared how my poetry had touched him and his students and what a difference that it made in his classroom. Now, in his new role, he's using the arts, visual art, music, movement, and poetry to engage youth in his community. And he asked if he could use some of my poetry as part of that project. Now, I share all of this with you not to pat myself on the back or to impress you. I share it to impress upon you the power of poetry to make a difference in your life. So let me ask you that question again. What difference can a poem make? Well, for this executive director, he not only works in his own local community, he connects students, at-risk youth in his community with communities all over the world. Because you know what? There are at-risk youth in every single continent on the planet. What difference can a poem make? A poem could be a bridge, right? In my work with doctors and nurses and other healthcare providers, we turn to poetry to help them slow down and pay attention to their inner life. Now, you can just imagine how hectic life is in the emergency room, in the ER, right? Not just once in a while, like when you have to take your daughter or son to the hospital because they stuck something in their ear or they swallowed something they never should have put in their mouths in the first place. This is life in the ER because it's your job. This is your world every single day. Well, can you imagine going into an ER where the doctors aren't talking to the nurses, the nurses aren't talking to the doctors, and the folks on the night shift can't seem to get along with the folks on the day shift? Sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? Well, that world is why folks call on me as a consultant or as a coach. They need help, and they need it fast, and they don't really know how to help themselves. I have to pinch myself because I get to work with folks who need the kind of CPR that only poetry can provide. We might begin our session with the sounds of music to help folks get in harmony with themselves, to help them slow down and pay attention to the rhythm, 
that is closer to their own natural rhythm versus that fast-paced, intense music of a typical emergency room, right? Kind of like metallic rock, (laughs) okay? Now, the music I'm talking about is Sweet Honey. It's Jasmine or Magnificent Magnolia, okay? It's that fragrance found in the music, the tempo, the flow of language. It's been said that poetry, poetry is the best words in the best order. Let me tell you something. The right poem at the right time with the right people is a small dose of what matters. It's a small dose of what makes a difference. Just like a close friend, the kind of close friend you can call at 3 a.m. in the morning, (laughs) yes, right, and they don't hang up on you, the right poem at the right time with the right people can be the difference that makes all the difference. Poetry has the power to awaken us, to shake us up, to shape us up, to entertain us, to educate us, to liberate us, to heal us, to build bridges where before there was only a loose array of stones along the road. Poetry also has the power to reimagine the unimaginable, to make tangible the intangible, to revisit history and arrest us with its industrious, divine, and mysterious ways. Now, before I close today's podcast, I want to give a special shout-out to a family of poets called Kave Kanem. Kave Kanem. It's spelled C-A-V-E, like cave, okay, Kanem, C-A-N-E-M. Look them up. Kave Kanem. It's Latin, okay? And to call Kave Kanem an organization would be to tell only part of their glorious story, to share only one of its many, many facets. Kave Kanem is a collective of poets and writers of the African diaspora. It was founded in 1996, and since then, they have rewritten the book, so to speak. Okay, Because of this amazing collective, we now have African-American poets being recognized as U.S. Poet Laureates. We now have African-American poets winning major prizes and fellowships, like the Lamont Prize awarded by the American Academy of Poets, like the Guggenheim Fellowship, yes, even like the Pulitzer Prize. Right? Now, I have the good fortune of being a poetry fellow with this amazing collective called Kabe Kanem. And in its relatively short history, it has effectively changed the face and, dare I say, changed the very complexion of poetry in the U.S. and beyond. Because of this incredible organization, we now have more African-American poets and writers at the table. 
More of them at the table means that they have more decision-making authority, which means that they can contribute to lifting up the voices of more poets and writers of the African diaspora and beyond. Okay? Now, this phenomenon has quickened the pace of what was already occurring before the founding of Cave Canem. But I'm telling you, it was at a pace that can only be described as glacial. Okay? Talk about transformation. Talk about transformation. Talk about the power of poetry. Now, before I close today, I want to share a poem with you. It's one of my favorites, and by my favorite poet, Langston Hughes. And it's called Mother to Son. I want to dedicate this poem to a poet who is near and dear to me, and that's my mom. Now, I bet you didn't know my mom's a poet. (laughs) Well, she doesn't write poems in the same way that I do, but she's a poet just the same. For as long as I've known her, my mom has lived her life as a poem. And now at the threshold of her ninth decade, she continues to do just that. So, Mother, to the person who has made an incredible and indelible difference in my life, this poem, which is all about making your life count, this poem is for you. This poem is called Mother to Son by Langston Hughes. Mother to Son Life for me ain't been no crystal stair. It's had tacks in it and splinters and boards torn up and places with no carpet on the floor. Bare. But all the time, I's been a-climbing on and reaching landings and turning corners and sometimes going in the dark where there ain't been no light. So, boy, don't you turn back. Don't you set down on the steps because you find it's kind of hard. Don't you fall now. For I still going, honey. I still climbing. And life for me ain't been no crystal stair. I just love this poem. For me, it's a it's a testament to uh, my elders maybe to your own elders, to people who had the grit and the determination and the faith and the perseverance to just keep on keeping on. Thank you, Mom, for making such a profound difference in my life. This poem is a reflection, a mirror of you. You've made a difference in my life Every single day, 365, 24-7. Even now, even now, 
I think of you every day. I pray for you every day. I lift you up every single day. Now, if you missed any part of this week's podcast, or if you missed me last week, you can listen to this podcast and others at your convenience. You can even listen on the go. You can find me on iTunes, Alexa, SoundCloud, Spreaker.com, and many, many more places. You can also listen in right here. Check it out at www.talknetworkradio.com forward slash legacyliving.html. That's a mouthful, so I'm going to repeat it. www.talknetworkradio.com forward slash legacyliving.html. Now, before I close today, I want to thank each of you for tuning in and for allowing me to share a bit about my journey with what Legacy Living is all about. Not just living and learning, but living and learning and serving so that you make a difference in your own life and in the lives of others. It's about being on purpose every single day, 365, 24-7. Legacy living is the most powerful way to make your life count. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me for today's podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess, and this has been Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. Please join me again next time right here on Talk Network Radio for another podcast of Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. We're right here next time right here on Talk Network Radio. Don't just count the days in your life. Make the days in your life count. That's what Legacy Living is all about. Have a fantastic day, and remember, make the days in your life count. God bless you. That's our show today. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess. I hope you'll join me again next week. Until then, don't just count the days in your life. Make the days in your life count. That's what Legacy Living is all about. Here's to you. Have a fantastic day. Be sure to make it a yes kind of day. And remember, celebrate. Celebrate the music of your life. Make the days in your life